Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we break down a stinker against the Penguins. Look back to the loss in Vancouver. And look ahead to the Jets' beginning of a road trip in Columbus. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Yeah, that, that was that was awful. I mean, you, you had to expect with Pittsburgh coming to town, the worst city in North America, that, uh, yeah, it was going to be a bit of an ugly one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if any of us expected that game to be that unwatchable. That was the worst game of the season in my books. Uh, there, there just wasn't a whole lot to like. And if you listen to the players after the game, they didn't like a whole lot of it either. I mean, there was just no energy anywhere, right? Like, on the ice or in the stands, I don't know if there was a mute button on the on the crowd mics through the broadcast, but it, it sounded flat up in the stands, and it sure as hell was flat on the ice from about the second period onward for anybody at a Winnipeg Jet jersey and the Pittsburgh Penguins. From that point on, kind of cruised to a uh, 3-1 victory at Canada Life Centre, so, a bit of a rough one before the Jets head back out onto the road. Let's break it down right here. And really not a whole lot to break down, to be honest. Even though, you know, as, as bad as the game was, as unwatchable as it was, easy to forget that the Winnipeg Jets had a 10-2 shot advantage in the first period. They were all over the Penguins to start the game. And it was the fourth line with the most fourth line shift possible, just grinding along the board, sending pucks back to the point. And then Toninato, a quick shot to beat Tristan Jari, giving the Jets the lead. You know, it looked like, hey, the Winnipeg Jets are going to take advantage of a, uh, you know, formerly banged up and still missing some key pieces Pittsburgh Penguin squad. It was just, it was kind of a perfect start to the game for the Jets. And there was no reason to think that it wasn't going to continue through the final 40 minutes. And then it it was like a... Pop in a balloon, right? There was just nothing left whatsoever by the club after that. It looked like they ran out of gas through the final 40 minutes. And I don't know if there was a single player in my mind that that stood out in a positive light as the game moved on, right? Like it wasn't just, uh, oh, this line wasn't very good or this deep pair wasn't good or the goalie wasn't good. You know, I didn't think anybody was very good from the second period onward for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, the, the offense was just non-existent. You know, there was, what, maybe two legitimate scoring chances? 
One of those being a breakaway for Kyle Connor, which he kind of flubbed, didn't get a good shot off. But there was no real danger towards the Penguins net. There was no sustained zone time either by the Winnipeg Jets. And then they didn't really play all that tough in their own end either. I mean, a lot of lost puck battles. I mean, most notably being the game-winning goal. A puck comes out up front there and Brendan Dillon, you know, maybe in a tough spot but doesn't tie up his man. And a rebound goal goes in for the winner. It just wasn't good in any phase of the game. And to be honest, too, you know, Connor Hellebuck should have had that second goal. Just a, a bad rebound by him on a point shot. So, again, not just one person or, or one phase of the game, but everything seemed to fall apart right around the midway park of the game. The Jets just didn't have a whole lot in the tank. I, I think flat was the best way to describe that game. And, and I like what Andrew Cobb said after the game, where, you know, normally saying a team was tired or, or didn't have energy or, you know, didn't skate or, or try hard enough is just kind of a cop-out or a cliche, but that it was true in this case. And I think I think that's fair. I don't think the Winnipeg Jets skated hard enough to do a lot of the, the little things that would lead to success over the course of a game. And it sucks that it happens against my least favorite pro sports team on the planet right now. So I, I could have done without that. But it is interesting, once again, that, you know, the entire team doesn't play good. Maybe a little bit similar to the game in Vancouver. You know, and there's not really anybody that stands out in a positive light. But there's only one name Jets fans are talking about, especially after this specific game against the Penguins. And surprise, surprise, it's once again the, the lightning rod for the team this year. And that's Captain Blake Wheeler. That There's no doubt that Wheeler would have been trending... In Winnipeg, in Manitoba, after the Penguins game, because that's really what the main focus was, where, where kind of the ire is being directed towards after another punchless Winnipeg Jets offensive performance. And honestly, I thought that game against Pittsburgh kind of sums up the season Blake Wheeler's had so far. Because again, by the numbers, he was an effective player for the Jets, especially if you want to go by the analytic leanings. You know, Corsi-wise, top five Jet on the night, expected goals, amongst one of the best on the Jets on the night as well. So it's not like he's a major black hole when it comes to, you know, the Jets are just getting pummeled every single time he steps out there onto the ice. But having said that, just, just by watching him, I mean, that did not look like an effective player, did it, right? And, and the line as a whole didn't look very dangerous either. So it, it's this interesting split that we've seen out of Blake Wheeler this season where you know the numbers say that he's kind of due for a bit of positive regression sometime soon but everybody watching the games is going that's not a top six player right like that that's a guy that should be on the third line right now the Winnipeg Jets have six better forwards on their roster and you know what he should be played according to where he belongs on the pecking order and and performance wise Blake Wheeler hasn't been there's no doubt hasn't been up to snuff this year so far Albeit, you know, there are some extenuating circumstances, and I think the recovery from, you know, having a positive COVID test and the symptoms and everything like that, you know, every athlete reacts differently to that. So so there should be a bit of leeway there, but it, man, it's really, really hard to ignore the differences between Dubois and Connor when Sveshnikov was on the line together with them, and then since Wheeler has been put on that line over these past several games here. And I, I, I tweeted it after the game. You know, the game sucked. And can we please get Connor Dubois-Sveshnikov back together yesterday? 
right? Because it really is night and day. The numbers may not say it. And this is where this whole debate about Blake Wheeler and who should be on which line is, is really interesting because, you know, courtesy of Murata Tesh after the game, you know, he posted the numbers of Dubois, Connor, and Wheeler in their 66 minutes of five-on-five time on ice together so far this season. And the numbers have been pretty good for those three. Again, you know, just like Blake Wheeler in the game, right? 56% Corsi. Uh, and expected goals at 58, right? Like, those are really, really high numbers for, for any line, let alone a top line. And that would kind of lead you to believe that, you know what? Maybe the goals are going to come here, even though they've only scored one in their time together, although they haven't given up one. But you might think that, hey, you keep that line together, and eventually the floodgates are going to open. It's only a matter of time before that line starts to get on the score sheet. And hey, you know what? That argument, it, it, it makes sense. There, there's some logic to it, right? <laughs> but if you're just watching what's going on out there, it's just a world of difference when Connor Dubois and Svechnikov have been on the ice compared to when Blake Wheeler is with Dubois and Connor. I mean, Dubois, Connor, and Svech, that line was dynamic and dangerous, exciting. And there was so much potential for offensive mayhem every single time they were out there on the ice. I mean, one of the best lines of the NHL so far this season. That That's how good Dubois, Connor, and Sveshnikov were, albeit in their brief time together. Even though the numbers have been good with Wheeler beside Dubois and Connor, have you ever felt that that line looked dangerous out there? That there was the potential for a goal anytime they stepped out onto the ice? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're tilting play in the right direction, they're not giving up a whole lot the other way. Like, that stuff is all great. But it doesn't feel anywhere near as potent offensively. And it's it's crazy to say this out loud. But it doesn't feel as potent offensively with Svechnikov out there. As opposed to when Blake Wheeler is on the ice. I just felt, and I, I know a lot of Jets fans felt this way when the switch was made. That when you have a line going as well as Dubois, Connor, and Svechnikov were... You don't look to break that up. You you let that hot streak run on as long as it can. And if it goes all season, it goes on all season. But I, I don't look to, to preemptively break those guys up because of how well they were playing. And I think that's been a, a big mistake by Paul Maurice here. And look, hey, maybe, maybe it would have been the same results here. Maybe Sveshnikov being there wouldn't have made all that much difference these past couple of games. We won't know that. But to me... It's an easy decision to go back to that well coming up in the game against Columbus, coming up, moving out on the road trip here. And if it comes at the cost of, of Blake Wheeler dropping down to the third line, then you know what? That's what's got to happen. And he's the captain and he should be okay with whatever is best to help the team win. You know, every now and then you get a group of players out there that feed off each other extremely well. The chemistry is undeniable and everything just kind of comes second nature. And I, I wonder if we didn't have that a little bit with, with Svechnikov up there with the two big dogs so far this year. And I think that's the move to make, to maybe kickstart this dormant Winnipeg Jets offense here and maybe on the power play as well. Because I thought even on the third line of getting Svechnikov had himself a pretty damn good game playing beside Adam Lowry. It, it, you know, it's I don't know if it's a coincidence that whatever line this kid ends up on ends up doing pretty well overall on the night. So we'll, we'll see what Paul Maurice does here. It's a, kind of a big decision right we we know in the past he's always defaulted towards sticking with the captain 
hoping that Blake Wheeler is going to eventually produce results for him. But the evidence is starting to mount here, and it's pretty clear that there's one line that works with Dubois and Connor and one that doesn't. And I don't know how much longer you want to wait here because things are getting pretty tight in the Central Division in case you haven't noticed, right? Like the, the Jets have their great start to the season, three straight losses, and all of a sudden there's four or five teams that are all jumbled around, you know, within a point of each other. And that doesn't even include the Avalanche, who have now won five straight and are starting to get hot. And have a couple of games in hand on Winnipeg and they're not too far back in the standings. So you got to start to pick up some points really quickly here. And again, it's weird to say this out loud, but playing Svechnikov higher up in the lineup than Blake Wheeler right now makes all the sense in the world. We'll see if the switch is done as the Jets head out onto the road. And that's where we'll head to now for the next part of this episode. But before we break down the game against the Blue Jackets coming up later in this week, but let's give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings who have some really great deals for you guys now that the NHL season is underway. One of those... And it's a huge one from an official sports betting partner of the NHL. But if you bet just $1 on any game, you win $100 in free bets. Not if the team you pick wins, but if either team in that game scores one goal. That's it. It's super easy. And if you don't have Sportsbook available in your state just yet, remember DraftKings has big-time cash prizes all season long with their daily fantasy sports contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. A minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so a three-game road trip is on tap for the Winnipeg Jets heading into American Thanksgiving here, and that will be an interesting benchmark to reach when we get into our next episode to see where the Winnipeg Jets finish, or not finish, but where they are in the standings right now because, like I mentioned, things are pretty tight in the Central Division. Right now, the Minnesota Wild lead the division, but it's pretty, pretty tight you know, only a one-point advantage for the Wild over the Blues and the Jets. The Preds are one point back of Winnipeg. And then you have Colorado three points back of the Jets, but three games in hand on top of that. And like I mentioned, owners of a five-game winning streak. So you really got to get back on track pretty quickly here if you're the Jets. And, and kind of a tricky one to start this one off. Wednesday nighter in Columbus against the very, very surprising Blue Jackets. I don't know if a lot of people had them right in the mix in the absolute gauntlet that is the Metro Division, but they're 10-6 and six so far this year. They, they put together a pretty good run, and they're doing so surprisingly very un-Columbus-like. They're scoring some goals over there in Ohio. That, that's not that's not what we're used to seeing. That's not Tortorella hockey, but Tortorella ain't there anymore. The Blue Jackets are sixth in the NHL in goals for this year, which is just crazy. You'd you never hear that, and they're actually not doing too well. They give up a decent amount of goals as well. They're uh, 
you know, below average so far this season in goals against per game. But yeah, it's the offense that's really getting things done, led by Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's over a point a game so far this year. He's only getting 19 minutes of ice time, too. They probably should play the date a little bit more. Does that sound familiar here in Winnipeg? Uh, but he's having a great year. Voracek is having a great year, brought over from Philadelphia, just under a point a game as well. And then we all know Patrick Liney was having a really, really impressive start to the season. Unfortunately, his missing time with some injury right now, so he's not going to be in the lineup for this game against Winnipeg. But one other former Jet is going to be in action, and that's Jack Roslevic. And we all remember Jack Roslevic's insane run last year with the Blue Jackets, where he just went supernova for the majority of the season. I, I mean, it was kind of what everybody had hoped he would do for the Winnipeg Jets, but just wasn't able to reach that level consistently. He put up 34 points in 48 games with Columbus last season. Looked to be a, I don't know, a second-line center of the future, perhaps, for Columbus. And it just hasn't been that so far for him this season. Just seven points through 16 games so far. And he's kind of being pushed further and further down the lineup. They're, they're putting 18-year-old Cole Sillinger higher up in the pecking order than Jack Roslevic is right now. So I'll be intrigued to see what Jack Roslevic looks like in this one. It's actually going to be... I kind of forgot about this. It's going to be his first game against the Jets. Revenge game. It's a it's a money on the board game for Jack Roslevic in this one. So we'll see if there's a little bit of extra fire in his step against his old club in the Winnipeg Jets. But this is a game the Jets really, really got to take. Right? I, I'm not doing the whole must-win thing. But the road trip is pretty daunting after this one. You know, just a brief one. But you got a big, big-time clash and kind of a weird one, too. But you're facing the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota on Friday. We all know the last time the Jets were in Minnesota, things didn't end so well. But it's a 2.30 p.m. start, obviously, American Thanksgiving. So kind of a weird one where you're in the middle of the week, yet it's still an afternoon game. But a really, really pivotal matchup for the Jets on Friday. And then the end of the road trip sees a matchup against the stingy and very, very red-hot Calgary Flames as well. So some really tough matchups to close out this road trip. The Winnipeg Jets need to find a way to get off the schneid, avoid making the four straight losses because you don't want to head into Minnesota in a critical game, maybe first place on the line as well in the division, coming off four straight losses. So I know Columbus is off to a good start right now, but this really is a game that the Winnipeg Jets should take advantage of whether or not they do, well, that's why you tune in to Friday's episode to find out just how the Winnipeg Jets did. Because that's what we'll get into when we return. But that's going to do it for us on today's episode. Just a, a little one here because the Pittsburgh Penguins sucked the life out of the Winnipeg Jets. And I just don't like talking about them all that much. Uh, but we will be back on Friday breaking down that game against the Blue Jackets and then getting ready for the matchup in Minnesota. You know what? We'll also take stock of where things lay after American Thanksgiving is all said and done because that's what will happen when we return on Friday. So we'll see where the Jets stand in the division. And maybe we'll do a little bit of Olympic talk as well. That, that's starting to pick up some steam here. Not just Team Canada either, but Team USA has some really, really interesting, tough decisions to make. And a number of those are on the Winnipeg Jets. And one of those names is probably one that a lot of people didn't have on their radar heading into the season. But maybe Andrew Kopp has played his way 
into consideration to be an Olympian for the Americans heading into the upcoming Winter Olympics. So we'll get into that a little bit as well, a little bit of everything as we head into the weekend. But for now, we'll call it a wraps on today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Again, we're back on Friday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace.